I just want to I want to comment on this one topic. You know, Jameis Winston, he's going to be suspended three games for grabbing the cooter. And I just want to say that I'm all about that hashtag grab the cooter and hashtag 2020. We're in first place in the frickin' idiot league. Two idiots talk sports. Sports talk. Funny and uncensored. All right, welcome back to the Two Idiots Show. Two Idiots Talk Sports, also known every time as Tits. We are just some tits coming at you live from On the Border Studios here in Oklahoma City. I've got myself Chance to Fuego and... Drunk Tim. Drunk Tim. And then, of course, with us, uh, special guest Blair Smith is here with us today. We've got a power pack show. We're going to be talking <laughs> some NBA. We're going to be talking NFL. Uh, if you listened to us last week, you know we're giving our NFC predictions. We've got the Blair Smith is giving the BS report today. We have got Whoa. ourselves an awesome, awesome show to give you today. So I cannot wait. Guys, how was your week? Really boring. Um, I mean, I just stayed really drunk throughout the week and um, looked at a lot of porn. But, you know, I noticed that, like, after I get to a certain amount of drunkage, it's like, you know, it's no good. I can't do anything with that. So I end up being, like, I get, get myself a rash. Now, did you, go, <laughs> did you go standard porn or did you try to go, like, obscure well, I try to do a little mix of both. You know, I do the some of the the hardcore stuff with the dirty Sanchez's and the Eiffel Towers and things like that. Right. But, yeah. Right. It, nothing with like really large, uh, you know, apparatuses. No. Going no. into okay. Nothing like that, or no like weird fetishes like you know fucking fat bitches or. Anything oh, good. Like well, that. it sounds like you're you're starting to kind of wean yourself off of the weird. <laughs> yes. That's very good to hear. Good. I want to tackle a little bit more about this rash when you've given yourself a rash do you have to switch from ky to calamine or just spit on your hand okay just, you know do a bro- do a brokeback mountain style so that's the home remedy is that like the old wives tale uh, way of the old the old wives tales is that the way that they do like i don't know if they have remedy i know they got remedies for a lot of things i don't know if they have delved into that yet maybe it's like a secret book well this is now when you say old wives tells is that vernacular or is that his new fetish that could be (laughs) it probably is now now that it's out in the (laughs) air it probably is old wives tells like let's see some eleanor roosevelt hiking their skirt up like oh um, man look it up eleanor roosevelt i know nude i know there it is (laughs) you'll find it so something i didn't know until i was at work one day and uh some weird guy came up to me which happens a lot but he asked me if uh like if there is any masturbating lube to uh recommend no way he did not ask you that he did and uh so i went over to the family planning uh section of the store which has all our like day at morning after pills and everything so it's like the family unplanning because it right. also has the contraceptives and all that stuff anyway so i go over there and shit you not, we sell a masturbating lotion or a masturbating lube. You gotta specialize. 
You know, I mean, lotion's just not good enough, I guess. So you gotta specialize. So what, like, can you not just get regular sex lube and, like, use that and that works? Or... I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not bold enough to, like, go pick that up and go to the register with that. Yeah. Be like, this is for a friend. <laughs> this is going to sound fake, but this is news to me. I've never heard of anything of this. I know there's probably people, oh, yeah, sure, buddy, but no, I've never heard of yeah, you can a go specific to, special. And it says wow. literally masturbating lubricant, and it talks about how safe it is. Like, And I was thinking, I was like, how safe it is? What, like... What is this like heavy metal masturbating? Like you're just everywhere and you, like you ram your head into a lamp and like is it you have like to go to screamo? The screamo? <laughs> like just screamo? Like you know, I really hate myself. Kind of masturbating. Like era masturbation. Yeah. All right. So we'll transition from <laughs> lubricant to we're going to talk some NBA with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he's smooth, right? Just like the lubricant. He went to the Toronto Raptors, of course. We talked about this last week. But uh, something came out early in the week. The uh, the Jordan brand, uh, the Jumpman, has they basically cut their ties off with Kawhi Leonard. And so has, has this whole offseason been just a complete wreck for Kawhi Leonard? Well, he's out of San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree. I would look more at San Antonio than Kawhi. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Kawhi's losing out on the money here. I mean, I know he's getting his, you know, 30 mil or whatever he's getting up in Toronto, of course. He's getting in this, you know, a little bit of money. But yeah, the, the money's always in the endorsements. We know that. So you lose ties to this. It's, you know, you wonder if somebody else is going to bring him on. And you just kind of wonder. Perhaps Adidas has a snowshoe. Perhaps a snowshoe, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, Air, he, needs, he needs to fire Air his snowman. agent. He needs to fire his agent because at this point, if I'm your agent, I am like grabbing you by the shoulders and say, "Speak up, motherfuckers! You know, be unique. Be well, you, you know who his manager is, right? You know who's representing him. It's his uncle. Oh, that's low. I thought y'all were just kidding about that. That's Ooh. that's real. That's real, and that's wow. I think. I mean, it's speculation, but I think that that's why he's. I think that's why he's losing deals like this. These big companies, if they're going to give you big money, they want to deal with professionals. I mean, they want to deal with people that know what the hell they're doing. Not, hey, here's my uncle over here. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry. When you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars and things like that, it's just the way it is. Like, what? Like, what does this guy know? I'm, I'm not going to. We're not, we're not representing you. Like, you you don't talk. You don't get yourself out there in the media. I mean, why why should – you're not going to really bring I, – I, I can see it from their view. Like, you're not going to bring a return on investment here. You have your name, and you go play basketball, but you don't really do – you don't talk. He hasn't talked still. He's taken a couple of photos with the Raptors uh, people, but – I wonder while, while he was in San Antonio all those years, I wonder – like what? Because that's a big thing in the NBA is what your jersey sales are like. So sure. I wonder where he ranks on that. Because you know, of course, you're going to see a lot of Steph Curry's and Kevin Durant's and LeBron James's. Yeah. Well, he needs to start pretending like he w- likes being there if he wants jersey sales to go up. I, you know, the fans, the fans know. I mean, have a pretty decent idea if you're legit or not. Like, okay, we know this guy doesn't want to be here, which means 
he's a rental. I'm not going to go buy a jersey for a guy that's here for a year yeah. so he can just go off to the Lakers or whatever. You know, I wouldn't buy his jersey if I was in Toronto right now. Drake will probably buy them all up anyways. So <laughs> That's all he wears now is Kawhi Leonard jerseys. Uh, Without any Michael Jordan shoes. That's right. You know, maybe he can be sponsored by Puma or something, British, <laughs> like British Knights or something. Yeah. I don't know. One of those and one products. And one, yeah. And those. one, yeah. And I get the free throw. Like, that's just the funniest thing. Yeah. And one, like, the everyday person, yeah. You fouled me and I get the shot. So, anyway, that's <laughs> just my own weird thought process. Uh, moving on, though. This week, uh, there was a little Twitter war. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, KD and CJ McCollum. And what happened was. <laughs> CJ McCollum has his own podcast, and he invited KD to come onto the show. And they talked. They had a. They seemed to have a pretty good time. He even asked KD, "Hey, uh, they did like a little word association." KD, uh, he said Oklahoma City. KD said home, which is kind of like okay, whatever. But like they had a good podcast. Well, after the po- and they did address the KD going to the Warriors, but th- not much was really said about it. After the podcast, I believe it was a day later, CJ McCollum gets on Twitter and said and calls basically the KD move to the Warriors, basically that he was weak. It was soft was the word he used, and he he uh, compared it to like you're in a gang and you get beat up by this other gang, so you decide I'm going to leave this gang and I'm going to go over and join <laughs> this gang. He you know so he basically attributes it to that. Well, of course, KD's offended, like, what the hell, man? I mean, he comes back and is like, what the hell? You had me on your podcast, uh, and now you're talking shit. And, you know, I, obviously I'm a Thunder fan. I, I'll just put it out there. I, I think KD, I, I actually have to side with KD on this. This is kind of weak shit. Like, you have KD there at your podcast. That's the moment you've got to man up. If you really do have a problem with him going to the Warriors, I'm sorry. You face to face, I feel like that's when you take it really do take it up with him. Be a man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do this chicken shit like is he gone? Is he gone? Okay, I'm getting on Twitter. <laughs> right. I mean, we we agree that KD going to the Warriors at that time was weak, you know. Oh yeah, and but what, we got to everybody's got to move on with their lives, you know. So it's even weird that he's still bringing it up. But if you are going to bring it up, and I know it gets a little nerve-wracking, the guy's just sitting right there, but, like, if you really have an issue with it, you bring it up there in the podcast. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I, especially I, if you're wanting to get more listeners and stuff like that. Yeah, say some hardcore shit, and then you'll probably get some more listeners. Hash it out right there and then, you know? I mean, to, you, you call him soft, but really what you just did on Twitter is now soft. soft. Yeah. So, I don't know. C.J. McCollum. Uh, and then, of course, once they're interviewed by the media, they're like, oh, no, 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 we don't have a beef with each other. So they just kind of back off that a little bit. So that seems to me, like, even though I'm upset with KD for what he did, I would have to say um, that's a win for KD taking the high road. Because, yeah. if anything, yeah, KD should have the one, should have the problem. Yeah, although I will say this about KD, man. If anybody follows all the stuff that's said about him or all that, I mean, and really gets too involved in it, it's KD, man. I mean, 
Not that he would listen to our podcast, but I'm surprised he hasn't tweet, like tweeted anything about what we've said about him so far. Like he seems to like catch all of it, everything that's said, and he's just got. I'm gonna come back with this. It's like, dude, you don't even have to. You just keep winning Finals MVPs and pissing us all off, and you're going to do all you need to do. So, are you trying to say that KD is like the Donald Trump of the NBA? He really is. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, he hears it all. He he responds to all of it, and it's just it's crazy. He he should be above that. Like we're just like we sit there and go, why is our president tweeting? A, like basically having these Twitter wars with all these people. It's the same with KD. I mean, he's not the president of the United States, but he is a major athlete, major celebrity. Major athlete. I mean, he's he's above all that. Uh, at man. least Donald Trump does it all in one account. He sh- yeah. That's true. Very true. Good burn. You know, talking about burner accounts. So <laughs> these burner Twitter accounts. It's ridiculous. It's uh, an addiction. Uh, also in the NBA this week. LeBron James, uh, it's come out. They've already filmed their first episode. They are going to do a show on HBO um, called The Shop, where he's basically, he, he has some other stars in the room. He's got uh, some athletes, such. He's got, like, John Stewart. He's got uh, o- Odell Beckham Jr., uh, cool just some dude. people like that. And they just kind of all talk, and he's... It's almost, it's not quite an interview, but kind of an interview. And he's more, LeBron is more open and he uh, basically is just kind of genuine. And I feel like this is a, this is like a power move by the players. This is a, we're not going to really talk to the media. We're going to create our own media environment where we can put out what we want to put out. Where we're in control. And it's kind of interesting, uh, the the excerpt I saw, kind of a trailer for it, is LeBron's talking about this moment where he's watching his son play AAU basketball, and he's trash-talking this parent for another team, and it turns out it's a mom. And he feels bad about it because his own mother is sitting next to him, and he says he apologizes to his mom for acting that way because he gets caught up in the moment for his son playing basketball you know just like a typical like parent really being into their kids you know soccer game or basketball game but how old is how old is his son his son just turned uh 14 he was 13 now he's 14 uh but lebron he's just kind of it looks kind of loose it looks like a good show it's going to be like a 30 minute they're going to do 30 minute episodes it's inside this barber shop there in la um but yeah, it looks like it's just kind of this controlled media, like we're going to say what we want to say, we're not going to get these tough questions, we're not going to, basic, we're not going to have, it, it, uh, this is something I see coming. I, I feel like journalism is a dying thing. Art. Well, yeah. I, th- I feel like journalism is a dying thing. When you have athletes that begin to take over and like, we're going to tell you what we want you to hear, I mean, that's... You're losing journalistic power at that point because now people are watching shows like this. And I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll watch, you know, I'll YouTube it or whatever. It just, it'll, it'll be interesting. But at the same time, you know that you, you kind of see the writing on the wall. This is only the beginning. You know, you see the, and it's really the NBA athletes that are like at the forefront really trying to take the power. You see in the NFL where the NFL players don't have that much power right now, but progressively it's happening. You know, these owners, the media, 
they're 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 being allowed to ask less and less questions. They're not getting answers to some questions, and then the athletes are like, "We're going to tell you what we feel like telling you, and we'll tell these stories. We'll make it entertaining, and that's that's how it goes." But anyway, I, st- I still enjoy watching the press conferences and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the uh, the shop it's going to be on HBO. I guess I'm actually doing a promo for HBO here, but <laughs> the shop on HBO August twenty eighth. Uh, it's going to be a late night deal or whatever, but like I said, 30 minute episode, but that's just more of the LeBron James saga going on. Could be good. Now switching over to the NFL, there, uh, there was a thing that came out this week. They were asking Bill Belichick, you know, the teams are in training camps. Uh, they were asking Bill Belichick, uh, Mr. On to Cincinnati. They were asking him about the Malcolm Butler decision. If you don't remember in the Super Bowl, the thing that really kind of, there's been several things that have caused this inner turmoil inside the Patriots. But one of the big things was Belichick decided not to play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Remember, this is the same Super Bowl where their defense got torched for 41 points by the Eagles. And they lose by, you know, they lose by a field goal. So the fans, even the teammates in the locker room are starting to kind of question, hey, why did we sit Malcolm Butler who was, remember, he's the same guy that made the interception to win the Super Bowl against Seattle oh, in, the, the, in the whole, hey, we should have run Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> but we decided to pass game. Mar- Malcolm Butler's the one who made the interception to cap that off and win the game. And so the questions began coming up like, hey, what's the deal? Why did you sit Malcolm Butler? You know, And nothing's really ever come out of that. He, it's not like he went uh, and ran nude through the city. I, I don't know. Uh, he didn't show up for practice on time or something like that. But they end up they. You would think by halftime after they're getting torched, you would think, okay, what you did was in my books wrong. But defensively, we're getting lit up. Malcolm Butler, let's get you out there and see if we can play a little better defense in the secondary. Nick Foles is torching us. They never play him. They sit him the whole time. So Belichick's catching a lot of shit for that. So he gets asked this week because now it's been this time for training camp since the Super Bowl and he refuses of course the typical Belichick refuses to answer any questions hey I'm thinking about this year I'm thinking about this training camp we're going to try to win we're you know I'm thinking about now I'm not looking in the past I'm not looking to 2002 or 2001 2008 he literally goes through all these years <laughs> do you think Belichick should have to answer for the. Do you feel like he should answer for this Malcolm Butler decision? Yes. Well, especially for the fans of Foxborough. I mean, they. That was probably what. Well, I don't know about a for sure thing because Foles was on it, but. I mean, yeah, for sure. For the the fans in Massachusetts, they really want to know. And there's tons of fans of the Patriots all over the country, and I'm sure some over the world, too. So, yeah, for sure for that purpose. Yeah, with the Patriots and the Patriot way, it seems like they are about championships. And so when you're in that moment of the championship, it it seems odd that your best defensive back, you make the decision, we're going to keep him out of the game. It almost seems arrogant to an extent. Like, I'm, we're the Patriots, I'm Belichick. We can pull our best guy out of the secondary and we can still win the Super Bowl. That's totally Belichick, though. But then they lose... And then it's like, well, now I'm still arrogant, and I'm not going to answer the question. 
I think it's like they're not self-aware. It's like that's why the rest of the nation hates you. That's why the rest of the nation was rooting for the Eagles in that Super Bowl. You know, there's like that meme, the demographic. They show the entire country, people, fans rooting for the Patriots, and it's like the little Massachusetts Massachusetts area, and then it's like colored, the people rooting for the Eagles. It's the rest of the entire country. It's not because they're Eagles fans. (laughs) They beat my Vikings, and I still rooted for them. Right. And because I thought that was cool that, you know, the the Patriots beat the Eagles with uh, freaking Donovan McNabb, who I really liked. They beat them by, I think, a touchdown. It was a close Super Bowl. So I think it's kind of cool the Eagles get to beat them by one score as well. Yeah. So that went on this week. Um, also this week, Des Bryant comes out of the woodworks. Uh, all, you know, always some cowboy stuff. <laughs> it seems like going on, right? Always. So the Cowboys, uh, this uh, man, the details are a little little weird but like this this tweet comes out or this old from this interview with Stephen Jones about uh, they're basically hoping for a better year uh, that Dak Prescott that he can move forward and improve that last year and the tweet stopped when it came out it said uh, because Des Bryant was always in Dak Prescott's ear about getting the ball right and so they're looking to move forward without that being a distraction uh, so Des Bryant res- responds, basically, basically saying the Dallas Cowboys it was crap, the play calling was shit, you know, uh, blah blah blah. Like goes off, ta- calls them traitors, goes even further, says uh, uh, Sean Lee's a snake. He got me, uh, he got me uh, sent out, sent away, and uh, one of their offensive linemen too. Uh, I, I, I don't have the name in front of me. Is but it the center from Wisconsin? Uh, maybe. The or, or the guy? So, yeah, it's one, he's like a five-year guy. Um, but he's basically saying, these players got me removed from the team, and uh, Sean Lee calls him a snake, and uh, just goes off on the Cowboys. Well, well, he was always a problem child, even in college. Well, the problem with the initial tweet that went out was Stephen Jones – Although I think looking back, he could probably say maybe I shouldn't have said that just because it causes stuff like this to arise. But he he not only said that about Des Bryant. He after that part of the tweet, he also mentions Jason Witten, that Jason Witten is always in Dak Prescott's ear, and, is, and he even goes on to say, "Great players always will want the ball." And uh, and you almost as you read the whole thing, like you feel like Stephen Jones is not making a negative comment about those players he's just saying look this is the difference and now Dak's going to move forward and we're going to try to improve it's pretty bland statement but when you but when you cut when you cut off the Jason Witten part and you only have the you know Des Bryant well of course he's sitting there thinking man they're throwing me as a scapegoat why they didn't lose they lost because the play calling sucked and their organization sucks he calls out Jerry Jones at one point you know and after all Jerry did for him yeah and so it's just like <laughs> oh my god man and you wonder why you can't get a job in the NFL you know he's not training camps have started and he doesn't have a job you know where he should go and he's not too old he's not like Terrell Owens he's he's still young he's still in a prime i mean he could play he wouldn't be the number 1 receiver somewhere but he would still have a job somewhere easily and go to Cincinnati. They love problem children but over he there. He wants to go to a contender. Good luck. <laughs> that ain't happening. Yeah. 
Like you just said, nobody nobody wants to deal with that that crybaby bullshit. Yeah. Well, Baltimore offered him a three year deal. He didn't want to take it. Uh, this was back right as he got released from the Cowboys, who, by the way, did not offer him a smaller deal. They just said bye. Yeah. But Baltimore <clears throat> offers him a deal, a three a three year deal, but he didn't want it because he wanted the one year deal so that he could prove himself and then get like the max receiver deal. And so the now he's hearing crickets. Like nobody in the NFL. He should have gone to Baltimore. You know, That's always a good You know there's at least a to. handful of teams that have a need and could pick up Des Bryant and but they're just like, nah, don't want to deal with it. Uh, they say that now. Wait till the end of preseason. That's true. Soon injuries as, happen. Soon as the injuries and they're going to start cutting around, people that like didn't. In, injuries play as have well. already begun, actually. Yes. <laughs> Not at receiver, but uh, they do happen. And you're right. Preseason. He'd be a great fit. You. He'd be a great fit in uh, the rest of that division too. Tennessee. Um, well, he of needs Baltimore. He needs. Yeah, he needs an established organization with a group of veterans that can kind of keep him. I feel like if he went somewhere young. He it would just be, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah, if he, like if he went to the Browns, uh, you know, with a new with a young quarterback, I don't know. I mean, they're they're gonna start Tyrod. It looks like so he's not a he's a veteran, but I don't, he would need to go somewhere where there's some veterans. It's a steady organization and kind of keep him in in check. The but, Raiders. <laughs> that would only add drama to what's going on in uh, at the Raiders right now. I think, Gruden, I think Gruden could handle him. I I totally agree. That would not be a bad fit. And he's got a Raider mentality. They've got. Oh, no. some, he's yeah. not he's not handling the Khalil Mack uh, situation very well right now. <laughs> They're number one defensive player, so we'll see how oh, that yeah. goes. That's why he's holding out. <laughs> that's why you add more offense. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why we need more <laughs> offense right now. Our defense is really going to be whack. So, and I just use the word whack. Yeah, that's. Does hey, anybody use the word whack anymore? No, it's okay. To, you. It's yeah, not since fact. the 80s. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, we said that in the 90s. Did we say in the 90s? Yeah. I, I Crack don't, is whack. I don't know? remember the whack uh, cutoff deadline. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no. I mean, just saying something is whack. I mean, now whacking off, like, that's been used. That's still to this day. But, like, you know, hey, yo, dope, that's whack. Uh, that's probably 90s. You're right. Or if you're a golf player and you can't hit the ball, man, that was whack. That I was know because I didn't, I didn't make contact with the ball. Well, they could be, oh, that was a mulligan. No, dude, that was whack. <laughs> I thought that was a whip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, all right. So there's the Cowboys situation. We talked about the. The Raiders. Uh, well, with the Cowboys, Sean Lee's still there, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's back. He's healthy. He's their captain. And, of course, he handled it. I mean, he handled the whole situation in response. I mean, he comes out and he says, hey, I want the best for Dez. Uh, you know, as far as with the situation here, there was times we got frustrated. I, wanted, I just wanted Dez to be more accountable, and some of the teammates here felt the same way. Because they are. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that that's pro- there's a whole lot of truth to that. Uh, and it's showing with Des not being able to get a job somewhere right now. It's 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 like where there's smoke, there's fire on this one, you know. Uh, I think BS is right though. I think some team will be just like, okay, come on, and Des. Hopefully, if he's not a complete moron, he'll be like, okay, I need a job right now. It only takes one team, and there's 32. And yeah, there's going to be cuts made. There's going to be injuries made, and 
yeah, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna take him. It's just odd that here we are in training camp and the guy still doesn't even have an offer on the table. Just stick him on special teams, really piss him off. <laughs> and you would think it would humble him, but obviously with what's occurred this week, it doesn't look like it's humbled him at all. You would think there would be some self awareness and like, well, shit, I need to get my shit together and get on a team just so I can move this thing going forward. But instead, he's just like, yeah, I'll get into some Twitter wars. How about that? <laughs> he didn't, you know, I don't, I think he did do some of that crap with Tony Romo, but that shit stopped real quick because Tony Romo wasn't going to put up with it. And I'm pretty sure Jerry Jones talked to him and said, Oh, they no. had to hear it. They had to hear it on the oh, sidelines. Yeah, they they heard. Well, I remember but that's him back when he was. You know, there's that small there's that small period of time where at, at the moment you could make an argument he was the best receiver in the game. And there's like a two year window. I mean, he was on like the cover of uh, all, all these different magazines. I mean, he was the man. It was looking like this guy could be the number one receiver in the NFL. Yeah, but it turned out it's like now he's head case. He had the physical ability, but he wasn't. It turned out he wasn't the best receiver in football, and now he can't get a job anywhere. So, you know, power, power to Des Bryant, I guess. Power to somebody. Not right now. (laughs) Not right now. He's not enjoying it. Now we got some more. I've I've got some more uh, football and NFC news, but we'll go over that when we do our NFC predictions, which is going to happen today. And then uh, right now we have got ourselves the BS report. From our man, Blair Smith himself. All right. Uh, We're going to work on this. Here we go. This is my BS report, and I am titling this, How John Harbaugh Stole My Filet of Fish. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. It's 2008, and we have a fundamental problem with sports. As Bryce Harper approaches the plate, he cringes as he watches the defensive shift to the right, an effective plan that has seen his batting average drop from 311 last year to 248 this year. As his agent and those of other left-handed power hitters cry foul over defensive shifts, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has suggested on more than one occasion that perhaps it's time to look into amending the MLB rulebook to to prohibit the defensive shift. This should come as no surprise in an era where everybody gets a trophy and no one gets left behind. We've gone soft as a society, and now it's trickled down to every facet of professional sports. To appease the millennials, executives in Major League Sports are amending rules at an unprecedented level. In 2012, Greg Popovich, he was fined $250,000 for losing, uh, check that, almost winning against the Miami Heat in a game 105-100 to where they led with one minute to go. The NBA commissioner following the game said that Greg Popovich resting his starters was a disservice to NBA fans. How in the world can anybody judge Greg Popovich as a coach? In 2015, Bill Belichick made John Harbaugh his bitch during the playoffs with creative offensive sets and a 14-point comeback. Harbaugh and Ravens were so upset that they, uh, I'm sorry, that they approached the uh, rules committee and set uh, forth in motion to eventually change and make illegal the illegal, and the I'm sorry, the ineligible receiver during the offseason. So. Regarding the MLB shifts, uh, the most prominent player in the annals of history to deal with the shifts was Ted Williams. Although he saw these shifts often, the only person, actually nobody ever complained about him, the only person who said anything to him was uh, was Ty Cobb saying that he was stupid for taking so long to adjusting his own swing. 
Uh, the fans, the media players, executives, no one said anything about this. So now I want to go back and talk about how an executive should treat his managers and how they can actually have an appropriate impact on business. I'm going to talk about McDonald's. Back in 1962, Ray Kroc, the prominent founder, quote-unquote, of the McDonald's Corporation, had a problem with Catholics. On Fridays, Catholics would not eat meat. So Ray Kroc's idea was to come up with a hula burger, which was a grilled pineapple patty with two slices of cheese on a cold bun. But he had another manager, one of his restaurant managers in Pittsburgh, no, I'm sorry, in Cincinnati, that came up with a better idea. And Ray Kroc, being the executive, instead of taking over and saying, we're going with my idea, said, we'll challenge it. Whoever sells more, your idea versus my idea, we'll launch that plan nationally. They did that on Good Friday, April 20th, 1962, and it was Ray Kroc's Hula Burger versus the filet of fish The filet of fish won hands down. Now, they launch it nationally, but that made, that opened up the door for other creative people within the company to put forth their own ideas. And because of that, and because Ray Kroc was forward thinking, we come up with, now, the Big Mac, and eventually the Egg McMuffin. Now, thanks to Ray Kroc and executives that are smart, I don't have to think about a world without the Big Mac, the filet of fish and the Egg McMuffin. But thanks to guys like Jim Harbaugh, I do have to come up with a world, or I do have to envision a world without coaches that can rest their players in order to enhance their playoff potential. I, don't, I have to think of a world where the illegal receiver, or the ineligible receiver, is banned, and possibly a world where the MLB defensive shift is banned. And that is BS. Nice. All right, nice. You know, the first thing I thought of is, you know why the Flay of Fish won, right? Because uh, they launched it on 420. <laughs> I mean. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, Ted Williams made his baseball debut on 420 of 1939. Oh, wow. Who's Ted Williams? <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> And that was the BS Report. <laughs> Very nice. Did you ever see that movie, The Founder? My Excellent God, movie. makes Excellent him look movie. like a real a hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I just I remember watching that movie, going, "Oh my God!" You just leave feeling so sorry for the McDonald's brothers, <laughs> going, "Wow, they just they really really got screwed." Didn't, didn't they get a cut of it or something? Well, because I know he bought the idea and everything from them. For what they I got remember. one million dollars each in the end. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's bullshit. And he 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 cut them out of everything else. Everything. I mean, you want to talk about capitalism at its finest? I'm a capitalist, but I mean, good God, man, I just feel bad. (laughs) I'm sorry, that just, yeah, Yeah. it was, it was cutthroat, it was awful. And not to mention, how good was everybody in that movie? Really good. I I watched that movie, and obviously you're kind of in awe about how Michael Keaton is in that movie, but I didn't even realize I was watching Nick Offerman as one of the McDonald's brothers. Oh, yeah. Yes. Man, he's fantastic. Oh, yeah, Nick Offerman's really, really good. I'm still yeah. pissed that Michael Keaton hasn't won an Oscar. He totally deserved it for Birdman. He was expecting to get it for Birdman. Yeah, you I could saw. tell. You could <laughs> tell he was, he was gonna, disappointed. Yeah, he was going to pull was, his acceptance. He was speech. disappointed about the Birdman snub. But then so. Leo got then Leo got the one uh, for Revenant, which I liked it. I mean, I had my boy Tom Hardy in it, and I love Leo and everything. But uh, I mean, what's eating bear. Gilbert Grape? The bear did a good job. The in that bear movie. was fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, I think they call him like Smokey or Grizzly. I don't know. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> Only you can prevent me from attacking Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot of pressure. <laughs> but yeah, like what's eating Gilbert Grape? Easily, hands down, should have won the Oscar. But yeah, Michael Keaton is so versatile of an actor. Talking about, you know, one of the many comedians that can actually do straight. He was creepy as hell on that, um, well, the what was that, Pacific Heights, where he was the tenant to Melanie oh, yes. Griffin. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he just uh, destroyed everything. But uh, he was also creep, uh, really creepy on... Uh, Who else was in that? <laughs> the other guy that... The other guy right, with the thing in like, the... <laughs> Yeah. I know his face, yes, but I, can, I can't think of yep. it. No, Michael Michael Keaton is one of the great ones, for sure. Uh, sometimes you just come up in a year where you're up against some really great, you know, competitors. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's tough. That's one of those, if he if he finishes his career without an Oscar, it would be kind of a shame. But he's a really, really good actor. Anyway. See, we talk about sometimes things other than sports. It's we, good. Pop culture. We know other stuff. Yeah. Keeps us in the know of what's going on around us in this world. That's right. Uh, we, we did have some research done last night. Our, our producer, uh, Kenneth, he went to a concert last night uh, just to keep up with pop culture. Oh, Lordy. It's one of the ones I wanted to go to, I think. Was it? The, yeah. It's the Niles Horan concert. Damn the guy it. from One Direction. You got to go see that? Yeah, so there you go. That way we're... He's, is that really the one he went and saw? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he went, you know, so they, got they two went... two daughters, dude. Did, yeah. they, did, did he tell you what makes you beautiful? Or no, no, no? But he did show off his slow hands. So <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. I, no, thought it, just, I thought it was like the uh, Shinedown and Seether. Or I think those were together. I mean, I've already seen Shinedown. They're fantastic. Yeah, I don't think Niles Horn would be with Shinedown and no, Seether. No, they, they, they might be using him as one of the drums, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah. as opposed to getting any, giving any vocals or you know, yeah, music. Yeah, you've addition. got one that's kind of emo and the ones that's like, oh, we, we have kind of a bright future ahead of us. We're looking forward to life. <laughs> so it, it's kind of a different concert, you know, yeah. Uh, you Harry just kind of keep razor blades out of the other one with Seether and stuff. <laughs> uh, Those are some awesome African Americans. <laughs> Seether, they are. They're from they're from South Africa. Oh, okay. Hey, there's not there's more than black people in that. No, continent. no, no. You know what? Actually, this they're brings up a this this does bring up a quick thing. I do. I have Their a kids will be I have a friend of a friend. <laughs> She's from South Africa. But, I mean, she's white as this table. like Or, well, off-white like this table. But she, she's from South Africa. She tried to go to school here. She tried to get a, an African-American scholarship and was denied. And she's like, what the heck? Why am I being denied? I'm literally from Africa. <laughs> and she could not get a good response because the response is obvious. It's like, well, you have to be black. But you, but she's literally like she was born in Africa. That's like a Mean Girls thing. Is she like, yeah. I'm from Africa. Why are you white? And she couldn't get an African American scholarship. So anyway, that's just a little side note. We didn't have that in the notes, but there you go. I used to tell whenever I was driving a school bus, I used to tell the kids that I was African American, and all the black kids would laugh. And I'm like, No, there's other people besides black people over there. Like, yeah, we knew the girl. Remember the girl Egyptian? Maha? Yeah, Maha from Morocco. 
She was from Morocco. That's correct. And then and that like girl was Egyptian. That, that, that girl would burn. Like if she went outside right now, she would burn. Yeah, uh, she was she very was white. So white, very pasty. And I think South Africa. I think it's like fifty-fifty whites and blacks in that country. Yeah, I'm not sure on that, but it's it's up there. Like yeah. it's really close. Yeah. So anyway, that's my little anyway. Hey, that, there's that's my our, little story. That's our geography portion. Or? <laughs> that's our geography part of our show. Uh, so I, I think now is uh, as good a time as any. We are now going to delve into the NFL. We're going to delve into our NFC predictions. Remember last week we talked about the AFC and uh, the AF we sucks. The AFC. We've got our predictions. We've got it written down. It's in stone. Carved, maybe not, maybe not that much. It's just written down. But uh, we have our we have our predictions, and now we predict the NFC. We'll go uh, we'll go division by division, and then of course, just like we did last week, we will predict who's going to be in the NFC Championship game. And of course, we are going to begin with the NFC East. Which is a very, very competitive division, I would say, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it usually so. is. The NFC East is, uh, is on the rise. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. It, it'll, it'll be, I think you've got four solid teams, a couple of them on the rise, and we'll see how the NFC four? East goes. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it. So the NFC East is going to be awesome. We are getting a phone call here. Is this yeah, our we, first caller? This is our first caller. Sweet. Put him on. All right. Hello, caller. Who do we have? Hey there. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, Trump here. Uh, Mr. Hey, Trump, uh, Mr. President. Hey guys, I, I, I wanted to call in, and uh, I, don't, I don't have a lot of time. I'm really busy, man. I've had a good week, a really dominating week this week. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the stuff in Korea, and um, but I heard you guys were going to make predictions. Um, I listened to your predictions last week; they all suck. Um, well, thank you. I'm going to give mine this week before you do because, well, I'm the president, so um, I'm not going to predict anybody in the AFC. You left me out of that last week, and I don't mind because the AFC sucks, just like Killary with a K. <laughs> Hillary went down, went down and just smoking flames, and that's what the AFC is going to do this year. Every team in the AFC sucks. They shouldn't even be in the Super Bowl. The NFC Championship game will be the Super Bowl. I'm predicting it. It will dominate the world in American football. So, are you trying to say you would you want to put a wall in between the AFC champion and the Super Bowl? Is that Drunk Tim I'm hearing right now? That That's sounds me. like Drunk Tim. Look, look here, Drunk Tim. I'm all about walls. I want walls. I want walls between the NFC and AFC. I want walls between our countries. I want walls in the universe. We're going to keep all the aliens out, okay? Like, you've seen Independence Day. If I was the president then, none of that would have happened. You've seen the Avengers. We wouldn't need Iron Man because I would have been the president and all them little Loki, Loki aliens that he brought in on their little homey hoverboards, those people would not have, they, those aliens would not have made it in. They would not have passed our patrols. 
So that's why that's why it's important that I dominate the universe. So back to football, back to football, drunk Tim. I just want to say that first off, the sport has gone soft. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. It's fact. It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent fact. It's soft. But in the, in the NFC, there's only one team that's going to stand for the flag, it looks like, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. And because of that, they're going to win the entire Super Bowl. They're going to win the whole thing. I know, oh, no, Des Bryant. Oh, no. They're going to win. The, the Just mark my words. They're going to win the Super Bowl. So you're going against your New York Giants to go with the Cowboys? Yo, listen here. The Giants, the Giants are a mess, all right? The Dallas Cowboys, they stand for the flag. They stand when they pee. They stand when they shake hands. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to lie down on this one. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott he's going to be my running mate, my little, uh, my little partner for 2020, hashtag 2020. And uh, we're going to dominate the universe. And, you know, I just want to, I want to comment on this one topic. You know, Jameis Winston, he's going to be suspended three games for grabbing the cooter. And I just want to say that I'm all about that. Hashtag grab the cooter and hashtag 2020. Uh, Jameis Winston could be my secretary of state. And anyway, let the Twitter wars just begin. Let CNN keep continue to fail. I've dominated. You know, right now we're silencing the haters this week. I've... Uh, Let's see, every time the media attacks me, I just get stronger like the Hulk. Another Avengers reference, okay? Who needs the Hulk when you got Trump? I'm Mr. right here. Mr. President, I'm kind of shocked. I, I had no idea that you had that much time on your hands to keep up with these movies. Look, I'm, I'm always up. I'm always at it. 48 hours a day, okay? 10 days a week. I'm at it. I'm going strong. I've got this thing in the bag. I'm Trump. Why are you surprised? This man was watching Rogue One on Air Force One. Did you not see that? Oh, I did not. That's right. I like to give movie reviews. I like to review teams, sports, gymnastics, cooters, everything. I, I, I've got an opinion on absolutely everything. And mark my words, Dallas Cowboys, Super Bowl champions, if you pick anything else, you're an idiot. And trust me, I know an idiot when I've seen one. I've seen a lot of idiots in my day. Trump out. And, Mr. President, we cannot thank you enough. Like a good push-up bra for joining Tits for just a few minutes. Yes, and uh, thanks wow. for taking time out to, to give us our first call of the uh, of the show here. Did he say hashtag grab the cooter? I think I so. Think he did. Um, I, like, did he say he's going to make Jameis Winston his Secretary of State just because <laughs> he grabbed the cooter? Possibly, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, he just, I don't think he has... Does he just say stuff to be offensive? Or, like, it, like it's just like he's opening his mouth and stuff's flying out. It's so weird. But we do appreciate the president calling and having some interaction on our show. That's amazing. Well, it's we like never word know. Uh, yeah, word, that, I was going to actually say that. Another Mean <laughs> Girls reference. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows who we're going to have coming up next if the Mr. President's going to call us we, in the future. Our show's getting bigger. Uh, we're, getting, we're starting to get a following. Uh, people people want to talk. They want to openly talk. They don't want to They don't want PC at, at times. They just want to get out there. They want to say what's on their mind, put it out there, and, you know, 
Speaking of predictions, just go with it like adults. Speaking so. of predictions, I predicted that the tits were going to get bigger. Hey, absolutely, and they should. You know, we started off kind of. I mean, I think there's a couple times we said we were coming at you like double D's, but we were just wishful thinking. I think we were A cup, but I think we're starting to move up. We're, I think we're in the B cup range right now. We're built for speed, and I don't think we can even stop at double D's. I think we can go G. I think we can go the ceiling. I mean the. You know, the universe is the ceiling except for the wall. We would have to get past that wall that that's Trump gonna, was talking about in the that's universe. That's going to be difficult. It is. I don't I don't know what it's going to be made of, but uh, it Hopefully needs to be. Hopefully ozone? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it'll be styrofoam. Styrofoam won't hold up. No. No. You should put a wall in the hole in our ozone layer, though. Like, that would be a good start. But just an, just an, uh, you know, an idea for you, Mr. President. I'm always here. Apparently, anybody is open game for being part of your cabinet. So, wow, I'm always yeah. here. All right. Well, all right. That's out there. So, let's move on with the NFC East. We've obviously heard our president's pick for. Uh, he didn't even pick the other divisions. Yeah, he, he, just, did, did he, he just he just pick went, any other teams. He, in the division. Yeah, he just went right out there and just said Cowboys winning the whole thing and. He didn't even really give a good reason except for that they're the team that will stand for the flag. So as kind of a – I mean, that's kind of a dumb reason to pick a team to win the Super Bowl. Well, maybe uh, they have an advantage over other teams because they're, like, stretching. You know, if you're if you're kneeling, you're not really doing anything to get your muscles ready for the game. I just wonder, do the camera guys get in trouble for not standing for the flag? I mean, they have to sit there and look through the camera. Is it kind of like, hey, you're not honoring the military? Like, you, you keep sitting there looking through that damn prompter. You need to stand and respect the flag. Why are you sitting there looking through that camera the whole time? He's like, man, I'm just doing my job, man. I'm, That's anyway. an issue. Well, so are the football players. <laughs> <laughs> That's an issue that should. That's just my own little joke. Mr. <laughs> Goodell needs to really, you know, bring that up. Oh. All right. So, NFC East, what do you guys think? We've got, uh, just for those out there who, I, I would imagine if you're listening to our show, you know who what teams are in the NFC East. But we've got the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. We've got the Washington Redskins. We've got the New York Giants. And, of course, uh, the, returning, the returning Super Bowl champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you guys think about this, this division? Well, I think to me the obvious choice would be to say number one is the Eagles. And I haven't heard anything about uh, any sort of changes that they've made. Uh, And on top of that, I feel, you know, they've already got this Super Bowl win under their belt. And so they're growing on this. They've got that under their belt, and they're still getting better. Well, that's what's supposed to happen. You know, we'll see if they do – you know, a lot of times Super Bowl hangovers really suck. Well, Super Bowl loss hangovers suck even worse, but just ask the Oakland Raiders that. Well, uh, as far as the – I'll bring up the Washington Redskins only because you guys are Chiefs fans and they now have Alex Smith. Uh, Alex Smith at the – Smith. Is he Jewish now? Yeah, they have Alex <laughs> Smith at the helm. And so there are there are actually uh, I've listened to uh, some different things. There's there's some people in Washington that feel like 
they have upgraded at quarterback. They remember they lost Kirk Cousins to the Vikings. Cousins, yeah. They picked up Alex Smith. They actually feel like they upgraded at quarterback in Washington. What do you guys think about that? I I I mean I've always disliked the Redskins. I don't really even have a good reason for it. I just I think their colors are disgustingly ugly. They it's need... because you like the Cowboys and the Redskins are the enemy of the Cowboys. Well, I've I've liked the Cowboys. I've liked the Giants because the Giants beat the Patriots twice. Yeah. So the first time that that happened, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Giants fan now, and it's hard not to like the Mannings. But uh, the Eagles, I've liked them in the past because of Donovan McNabb. And, um, you know, they've had some exciting players on their teams. But the Redskins, they just need to hire a new decorator. Those colors are just monstrously ugly. It's their colors. I know. It's always been their colors. <laughs> but, anyways, I'm going to have to, like, root for them a little bit just because uh, I've always liked Alex Smith, even when he was with the 49ers that I've never really liked. He's an efficient quarterback. And some of the numbers that people that get lost on him, the, the knock on Alex Smith was he, he's not a deep, pa- deep route thrower. His numbers last year, he was actually in the top three in quarterbacks on deep route passes and efficiency, which is – Kind of odd for someone that has that notoriety. Like he only throws the short pass. The West Coast offense is what so, he's used to. I don't, you know, as far as weapons, I don't feel like they still have a lot of weapons in Washington. So, well, you certainly won't have a deep threat like Tyree Kill. You won't have a Tyree Kill in Nobody Washington. Does. Defensively, they're still kind of iffy. I mean, they're they're on the rise. I feel like they'll be a little bit better, but the Redskins to me still are not in a tough division like that. I don't feel like are going to come through and and, and make a, too much noise. They're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I don't, I have don't them, see. Them I don't have them in the playoffs. I do have them second in the division behind the Eagles. I think they'll come up above the Cowboys and the Giants. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a bold. That's a bold pick. Well, I mean, you look at the Cowboys. I mean, the, the losses in you know. Des Bryant and Jason Witten, yeah, I think is going to cripple them. I feel like this Their defense is, wasn't good enough to begin with. I feel like for the yeah for the Cowboys, this is kind of a make or break season. Like this is the last year for Dak's rookie contract, and so then the Cowboys are going to be forced to pay. And right now they don't have a like you said they they've lost two real big threats to throw to. It it sounds like there's going to be a whole lot of Ezekiel Elliott. And what, like the Switzer kid? <laughs> well, the little slot guy? I, I don't know what offensively they're going to do. Like, they've got a lot of young. They're one of the youngest teams in the entire league. They only have like three guys that's above the age of 25. And I mean, so they're, they've draft, They've really gone through the draft a lot and relied on the draft. I just don't know what that means for this year. It could mean that they could improve. It could mean that they're going to have some guys that step up that we haven't heard of before. See, they were nine and seven last but, year, right? Yeah, but they're going to have Dak Prescott's going to have some pressure on him, and it's it, and it's it feels like even more since he doesn't have the weapons to go to. Right. Yeah. I mean, offensively this year, you're the Jaguars without the receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Very well, true. Uh, to me, well, I, does does either one of you know? if the Redskins even run a West Coast offense? Because this is really all Alex Smith knows. And I know he can throw the deep ball because I remember the first game of that one season, they went into uh, Foxborough and beat the tar out of the Patriots. Yeah, I'm not, who, I'm not sure who the coordinator is. Of course, Gruden's the, the coach. Uh, 
for the Redskins? Mm-hmm. Uh, John's Jay, brother. Jay Gruden. Oh, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden. That's right. And I'm not, I, I can't remember his offensive philosophy. He was the OC at uh, Cincinnati. I kind of remember But they could probably the adjust it. A lot of times teams will adjust their offense to the quarterback. Well, if they know what they're doing. Well, yeah, if it's a veteran <laughs> a lot of quarterback. Times, yeah, a lot of times they'll adjust their offense to the quarterback. And they better because this is one of the most efficient quarterbacks – in my opinion, of all time, as far as not turning the ball over. Yeah, he doesn't turn. He's very safe. That's the thing about Alex Smith. He's always been known as the safe player. You know, he's gonna, he's not gonna turn it over. But then again, he's not gonna light you up for a ton of touchdowns. That's on been the, on the that's weekly. been the that's been the the story for him on him. So he, he can, but it's yeah, it's few and far between. Yeah. Well, I got the I got the Eagles going number one, and then I got the Cowboys coming in number two. I think really? that they might be able to get to that nine and seven mark again, maybe this time squeak into the playoffs. That's gonna say uh, that's saying a lot with the uh, with the other divisions in the NFC that I think might actually be more talented from top to bottom, like yep. the Saints division. I think the Giants. We haven't really discussed the Giants much yet. The Giants will have Odell Beckham Jr. back. They'll have our our guy from OU uh, back, Sterling Shepard. They're going to have – they just drafted Saquon Barkley out of Penn State for the backfield. Oh, You've got Eli Manning coming Ooh, back. That's a damn However you up. feel about that. I mean, even Giants fans are like, don't bring up yeah, Eli Manning's coming. Some love him. There's like a love-hate in even New York for Eli Manning. I believe uh, though, uh, Eli and both, uh, both Eli and Odell Beckham are in uh, contract years, correct? That is correct. So, I mean, well, and that's kind of a thing like I'm – I'm a big fan of like the loyalty thing, and whenever they got rid of uh, Coach Coughlin, I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. What a motivator he is, mm-hmm. and he's just you know, you know, he gets those guys to do what he thinks is necessary to get things done. And I think it was premature, but um, like then they started. Then this new coach, you know, did the thing where he benched Eli. That that is not a good thing to, well, to do it, for your morale it, on your team. It got him fired. So, I mean, yeah, that was pretty dumb on his part. It, it got him fired. So now they got another coach. So <laughs> was, so what is he just sitting in free agency now, or the coach? No, Eli. No, he's with the Giants. Oh, I thought you were saying no. The head Eli coach. Fired. No, the head, head coach, coach got, got fired for benching Eli. So he's Actually, out. I think I do remember that. Yeah, now. he's out. So the Giants. The thing about the East that's interesting is all four teams are, have really good defenses. So, obviously, some better than others, but all four of them legitimately have good, solid defense. And that was the thing going into last year. A lot of people were picking the Giants to win the division and go on because defensively they were so good and then they had the weapons on offense. And then they started having a lot of injuries on defense then you started losing uh, weapons on offense. To they, they just dealt with a lot of injuries last year, but it just seems like there's inner turmoil right now with the organization, and you always have to kind of take that into account. It can be a poison. And in Eli, at this stage of his career, I do not trust Saquon. I think Saquon's going to have a great rookie year. I'm not going to lie, I, but I think their offensive line is still kind of weak. 
That, that's been a weakness for them the whole time, and that'll be kind of their downfall, and that's the only reason I wouldn't pick them to go higher in the division. And I'm, I, I, think I'm, I think we're probably all in agreement on picking the Eagles to win this division. Uh, normally the Super Bowl champs will come out and have like a drop-off, but the, good, the one thing about the Eagles, it, it looked like their offensive line and their defensive line, their fronts, just were really rock solid. And they gave Carson Wentz tons of time, and he was able to make a lot of plays, throwing the ball, running the ball. It just seems like the Eagles are – they didn't – like you said, there wasn't a lot that happened in the offseason because there wasn't really much needed to be done in the offseason. They really are set up nicely. Well, and, but it's nice for them that they don't have players that are whining to get more money or go somewhere else. Right. So they're, <clears throat> they're like going to be – I feel like they're going to be right there. They're going to be back in the mix, and they're going to be very, very strong. They're, they're going to at least win 10 games. At least. I would say probably 11. Blair, do you agree on the Eagles? I do agree on the Eagles. Okay. You just win a Super Bowl with your backup quarterback, and he decides to stick around. So there's yeah. something good going on there. It's yeah, hard well, your, your backup won you the Super Bowl. He's still there. And then your starter who got you there. And remember, they were putting up, like, Madden-type numbers during the season. They weren't just beating teams. They were lighting teams up. I mean, they were scoring like they scored 41 in the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. They were doing that all year with Carson Wentz. So it just seemed like there was just no – and they put up – this hurts because I was rooting for the Vikings, but they put up all those points on the Vikings defense too. One and of the best defenses in the league. So it's it's kind of difficult, you know. Now, if they would have lost to people in the offseason, I could be like, well, I'll go different and I'll pick another team. But they really didn't. It's the same team. It's hard to go against the Eagles winning that division. Like I was talking about with players being like that, that's surprising that Foles didn't say, hey, I won this Super Bowl, motherfucking, you know. But if you listen money. to Foles, you could tell that guy's a humble dude. The guy considered retiring. Like, he's, he's a humble guy. He – he doesn't, you know, he's like, hey, we won the Super Bowl. That's cool. You know, but he's cool with being the backup. He's cool with Carson Wentz being did, the guy. Did he get his money he's after, got, winning, he's the, like, after getting, winning the Super Bowl? Did I'm he sure get he's that making money. money. I don't know if I don't know his contract, but uh, I'm sure he's making he's making decent money. The when only a, thing well, with the Eagles like the highest that you could backup, see being a problem is if they do not start out well out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And especially if Wentz struggles, they'll have a tougher schedule this year because they won the Super Bowl for right. sure. Right, and and again, like I said, if Wentz struggles, you're going to see the fans first. You know, immediately. Yes. You know, we need we need Foles. We out. want Foles out there exactly. And and those Philly fans. fans, those Phillies fans, don't have a ton <laughs> they, of patience. They, yes, they're and they're, they're not, not very forgiving. nice. So yeah, they're, they're not again, notorious that, for being the most patient. That could of fans. cause some turmoil. Um, but other than that, I, I just don't I just don't see them having a weakness. They're like the Raiders fans of the NFC. You're right. Their front line, their their secondary, their their blitz packages, the the O line. I mean, they're just great coaching. They are stacked, man. They are so good. It's 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 scary. So, all right. So with that, we've all picked the Eagles. Now we move on to the North. Protect the North. We've and I, got. Uh, and I had Redskins third and Giants last. Okay. You had Redskins third, Giants last in the division. Yeah. Okay. Cowboys second. So. The North, you've uh, for those of you listening who don't know who's in the North, we've got the Detroit Lions, we've got the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, and the Minnesota Vikings. The Black and Blue Division. And um, 
So yeah, considered the black and blue division. Isn't that weird? They're the North. They're the black and blue division in the NFC, and the uh, the North and the AFC is the black and blue division. Pittsburgh and oh, uh, yeah. Baltimore, yeah, the, both Steel North. Curtains. Yeah, the black and blue division. So, so I, I don't even. Okay, I'm, I'll bring up the Lions. <laughs> Good God, the Thank Lions. You. I feel sorry for the Lions. The Lions are just. Like, you feel like the Lions are at the end of the street holding a cardboard sign, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we'll play football for food. I mean, like, I, I, I feel sorry for the Lions. I, I, I get why they gave all the money to Stafford because it's like, well, who else would we give it to? Like, good Lord, we had one of the best receivers of all time on our team. He just decided to retire in his prime because he was just tired of playing for us and he didn't want to get concussions. I mean, that's embarrassing. Uh, the Lions, they, they are. They are the stepchild of the NFL. I, I do feel sorry for the Lions. There's just that my, my heart goes soft for them. Because they have good players, like, all the time and can't really do anything with they, them. They're spotty. They always have decent players in kind of, You know what I'm saying? Like, we were just talking about the Eagles and how the whole offensive line is solid and the defensive line is solid. With the Lions, it's like, well, they got that one guy. <laughs> you know, and they got that one guy. But the one guy in the NFL, you don't get away with having that one guy and then winning a lot of games. They double up on him. That one, yeah, exactly. You don't get away. You have to have, like, a solid unit, you know, and they just never seem to have that. You know, they always seem to have that one guy. They uh, do play with a lot of heart on Thanksgiving, though. Receiver-wise, they've got Golden Tate. There's that guy. There's that guy. You he's, know, he's got a Super Bowl win, I believe, at least one with um, the Seahawks. Yeah, something like that. I don't know the Lions. I, I don't even know how to handicap the Lions. I just <coughs> the Bears seem like they're on the rise to me, and I feel like the Lions are just going to be in last place in this division. But that's, I mean, that's my thought. I think you can intertwine them. The Bears are the Lions. The Bears at least have hope. You've got Mitchell Trubisky, a quarterback, coming back for his second season. Do you kiss and, your mother with that mouth? Uh, sometimes. Um, <laughs> from a distance. But <laughs> but he seems like he's growing. He's improving at quarterback. They've got Jordan Howard at running back, talking about the Bears. Uh, their defense is improving. Um, but, you know, again, I don't I don't know that this is a playoff team. It is just it looks like Fox? No, they fired Fox. I mean, he's a good coach. He's a good coach, but they gave him a few years, and they haven't been playoff bound. So you got to do something. It's the NFL. You can't, you know, you can't just wait anymore around anymore. You have to, unless you're the Bengals. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, is Lewis still Marvin Lewis? Good guy. They're like, okay, yeah, just keep he's laughing with him. all the way to the bank. Though he's like, these dumbasses still won't fire me. What? Yeah. <laughs> So the, like yeah, the biggest practical joke in the NFL. So I feel like the Bears will will improve. I don't know what that looks like. It doesn't. It doesn't mean I'm predicting them to go to the playoffs. But the Bears, I feel like, will be better for whatever that's worth. Yeah, that's not saying much. And so the North is really going to come down to me. It seems like it's going to come down to the Vikings and the Packers, who have a healthy Aaron Rodgers now. Uh, I happened to be at the Vikings game last year where Aaron Rodgers got knocked out for the season. 
and uh, and yeah, and that jacked up my fantasy team for the rest of the year. By the way, so I was not happy, even though I was there rooting for the Vikings just because when in Rome. But like, I'm sitting there going, "Good God, you just hurt my fantasy quarterback." <laughs> but nonetheless, Rodgers is back, so I, I feel like that's the division right there: Vikings, Packers. What do you guys think about that? Uh, with Rodgers back, I am picking the pack. Uh, obviously, Vikings second. Uh, I've got a flip flop though. I do have the Lions over the Bears in the division. Okay. I think you know, first year head coach. Uh, you know, he was the Chiefs' offensive coordinator last year. Um, but I was not terribly impressed with the Chiefs' offense given the <laughs> given the tools they had. Yes. I think their offense underperformed, and I don't think they have near the tools in Chicago. Agreed. So. I agree with that. I have everything the exact same way he did. Yep. So you think the Packers will win the division? Packers will win the division. Vikings will be – like, those are going to be some really good games, again, watching the Pack and the Vikes go at it. Um, and then, of course, the Lions, you know, what, they win like four games and the Bears win like two maybe, maybe three. All right. Well, I'm going to go against – I – for the North, I, I I understand the value of Aaron Rodgers, and it talks. It, it seems to speak to his greatness. Remember last year, they're running a running back who was a wide receiver. Um, they don't. It seemed like they didn't have a real running back. They've. It's been running back by committee in Green Bay. Defensively, they've been. They have not been great. They get rid of Jordy Nelson, who was Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver for years. But Jordy was. You know, Jordy was Jordy. I mean, if it, when Jordy was healthy and running those deep routes for Rodgers, he was great. But he would just time after time keep getting hurt. So I understand that was a business decision for them to get rid of him. But did it, they get anything in return? Um, they've got. I mean, they've 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 got uh, what's his face? Jimmy Graham as a tight nice. end. Nice. He's a great receiving tight end, so that's gonna that's gonna help. They've still got uh, you know they've still got Randall Cobb. They've still got some good receivers. They've got guys. They, he's still got weapons. And he's Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of like Brady. You know, it's not like you have to have your Randy Mosses of the world to light up an, a defense when you have a, that great of a quarterback. Did somebody say Des Bryant? <laughs> That wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, if he wouldn't destroy the locker room, that would actually <laughs> – I mean, seriously, I mean, a guy like that could uh, – and Dismantle it. The, and the first moment Dez tries to get into Aaron Aaron Rodgers' ear, you think Aaron Rodgers is going to put up with that? No. That might actually make some sense. And, then, um, and Aaron he can't Rogers. get into any trouble because what's there to do in Green Bay? There's nothing. There's just Packers football in Green Bay. Exactly. That is it. So, but – Jeez. And yeah. there's cheese, but <laughs> supposedly the best cheese in the country. I know California would probably argue a little bit. I'm not a huge believer in Kirk Cousins. Oh, I thought you were going to say a, a specific type of cheese. <laughs> yeah, he's not necessarily Gouda cheese. Gouda is the best. I would say he's more like Swiss. There are some holes in his game. <laughs> um, but nice. with that said, I do believe Kirk Cousins is an improvement to Case Keenum at quarterback. And as and it better be, they're giving they gave him a three year eighty four million dollar contract. He better be better than Case Keenum. 
That's almost 30 million. And so the pressure is now on. I think the pressure is on the Vikings to win not only this division, but to get to the Super Bowl. That's the expectations right now. And apparently you found a love. So... (laughs) Oh, please bring the drugs to 1024 South. Drunk Tim's on the phone right now. And there we go. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I feel like, has got... uh, I think he's got upside. He can throw the deep ball. I feel like he can... I I feel like the offense can kind of open up. That was the big problem with Case Keenum. And you saw it when they did lose to the Eagles in the playoffs. That defense was able to... And I, I still, to this day, don't know why the Vikings didn't do this to the Eagles and Nick Foles. But the Eagles were able to play up on him and play the short game on Case Keenum, basically daring him to throw deep on him, and they were just killing him, lighting him up. He had nowhere to go. And, again, I don't know why the Vikings didn't do the same thing to Nick Foles because Nick Foles has the same problem, and I think they would have have done the same thing to the Eagles and given them problems. But instead, they kept playing like so many yards back off, and he kept having those underneath throws, and you're just like – we're watching going, why are you allowing this? Why do you keep leaving this part of the field open? But And they have a better defense than the Eagles did on that game too, I would say. Uh, they're both pretty they're, – they're, 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 both, they're both stout. There are no weaknesses. There's, there's, there's a little bit in the coverage for the Eagles. But I would say – so I'll give you that. And I think the, the, the Vikings – I think wow. the Vikings defensively have no weaknesses. Their front seven is absolutely dominant. Their linebackers are some of the best uh, linebacker core, as a group anyway, in the NFL. And their secondary, I mean, they they are with Xavier Rhodes, I mean, one of the best cover corners in the entire league. Their defense is stout. If they can remain that way and, of course, remain healthy, that's, that's always the underlying foundation if the team stays healthy when we make these predictions. Flip a coin. Um, that defense is going to be – remember, they were the top scoring defense, which means they allowed the fewest points in the entire NFL last year. Which is usually a Patriots defense thing. Well, well their defense now sucks. Yeah. But the Vikings defense is that good, and you know their run games there. For, we, people forget Dalvin Cook. They lost Dalvin Cook early in the season. He was a rookie last year from Florida State. He was already putting up a ton of yards. He's one of those hybrid backs that was great at both running the ball and receiving. But then he, of course, yeah. he hurts his knee, destroys his knee in, the, I believe, the third game of the season. He's out. So they have to kind of go running back by committee. They go with Latavius Murray and Jerry McKinnon, who's now at the 49ers. But now you've got Dalvin Cook back. Latavius Murray's his backup. They've still got weapons to throw to. And now Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. And so now there's no excuses for the Vikings. But the main point you said is that you say Kirk Cousins is a step up from Case Keenum. I, yes. I think you might be right. Case Keenum's been a career backup guy. I mean, he, now he's going to start for the Broncos, but the Broncos have nobody. So because And because of him, how he did with the Vikings last year. Cousins has actually proven himself, and he's actually put up yards and touchdowns. He's also put up interceptions. So... Well, we'll see how it goes, but this is the year for the Vikings where they have no excuses. If they lose, it's on them. Here's for my Vikes. There you go. Uh, I mean, it's on them. If they lose, it's no fault but their own. 
And so I'm going to choose the Vikings to win the NFC North. If the Packers had more defensively, I would have picked them because of Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think they have a good run game. I think their defense is kind of shoddy. Got to pick the Vikes for the North. All right. Well, I, mean, I don't think you'll get too much of an argument from BS or I. So, all right. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch that division. Watch yeah. them beat the shit out of the Lions and Bears. <laughs> now, now we move on to probably, I'm going to argue that this is the most competitive, the best division in all of football this year, and that is the NFC South. You have the Atlanta Falcons. You have the New Orleans Saints. You've got the Carolina hey, you Panthers. Said, you just said three uh, future Hall of Famers right there. Yeah. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They would they kind really, of bring down the division a bit. but They're too busy grabbing cooters. They're grabbing cooters and taking names. <laughs> and they're only doing that for three weeks. <laughs> so, so let's start off. Let's start off with uh, you guys. Let's talk about whatever team you want to start off with first. Go ahead. Drunk Tim. Well, I mean, it's so hard to predict this one. Obviously, I'm going to – excuse me. I'm going to have Tampa Bay at the bottom. And there is no telling between the rest of the three teams who I think could win – my gut instinct says that the Saints are going to win because I just I have that weird feeling going on, and you know I believe in Drew Brees. Uh, they're just they're really he's a really good guy. His wife is fantastic. They do all kinds of charity work. I even met his brother. He was a customer of mine at Hertz at the airport, and he was just as nice and stand up as he was. But um, like we were just talking about, when it comes to injuries. There's no telling if, you know, Drew Brees, I don't know if he's ever gone. Has he ever gotten injured? Uh, well, the reason he ended up in New Orleans was the uh, shoulder injury he suffered in San, San Diego, Diego, which uh, forced Phillip Rivers into action. So, Which they didn't really feel too bad about that because Phillip no. Rivers might end up being a Hall of Famer maybe way after oh, Drew no, Brees. I think, I think he's, a, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's uh, just on the wrong team all the time. Well, <laughs> they, they've had some success there. Yeah, ish. But yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see the uh Houdat do uh do some damage as far as it goes with uh, the other two only interesting teams in this division. I'll let you take it from there. Uh I am a little different than you. I've got the Falcons uh coming out of that division with the victory. Um just for me it's just been I don't know. I, I like them. They're a little flashy. I like Matt Ryan as you know, as a quarterback, Drew oh, yeah. Brees is kind of getting up there, and uh, just uh, Sean Payton's system is just kind of. I haven't been impressed with as as impressed with it over the last couple of years as I have been in the past. So I've actually got them third in the division with the Panthers coming up second, and I think it's going to be extremely close between the Falcons and the Panthers. Well, you're talking about flashy quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton. They are some of the most fun to watch in the NFL right now. They definitely so, uh, are. Okay, so you say, so you're you're so taking the Falcons. I've got number Falcons, one. Panthers, and I think it's going to be close between those two. Maybe maybe one two game separation, and then I do think the Saints and of course the Bucks. Bucks are just going to they're going to struggle coming out, you know, with Winston having a three game suspension just to start the season. I they're going to struggle. 
and I don't think they're going to recover from it. Well, and I think when it comes to the Buccaneers, just kind of putting a microscope on them for a second, the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston doesn't realize it, but he's about to get a lot of people fired, I feel like. Um, you know, they they picked him first overall. The, you know, anytime you make decisions like that and it turns into this hot mess oh, yeah. is what we'll call it, people start getting fired for making that kind of a decision. And I think this will only play out horribly for them. Uh, you have the three-game suspension like you talked about, and – there's really not a lot of weapons. I mean, you've got Mike Evans on the outside, fantastic receiver. Texas A&M, right? But his talents are getting kind of wasted right now with uh, Jameis's inability to throw. The, I mean, he, he hasn't shown – he just hasn't shown the progression at quarterback and improvement. Like, he, he still makes kind of rookie mistakes. Buccaneers are going to going down, and I think we'll see like a whole lot of turnover by the end of the season. Question for you? Yeah. Will the Lions and Bears win more games than the Bucks this year? Yes, I think so. Because you think about it, the, unfortunately for the Buccaneers, they've got to play these other three teams twice. twice. That's six of their sixteen games. I'm that's sorry. Six losses. That's ha- that's got to be six <laughs> losses right off the bat. And I haven't even looked at the rest of their schedule. So uh, I feel like yes, I think that would be uh, kind of the deal. Uh, Whenever they play this division like they like the people that load the cannon up at the top, you know, in the ship, they're going to be like, "No, you take today off." Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> The, the, the cool thing about this division is I think you can argue for any of these other three teams, Falcons, Saints, or Panthers, and I think you could be right. That's what's cool about this division. Any of these, any of these three teams have the ability to win. Any of these three teams can, uh, I mean, play solid enough defense, uh, have great quarterback play, and um, just – do whatever needs to be. Like, we're talking about three potential uh, Super Bowl-type teams in this division. Yeah. We've seen uh, we've seen all three go there. Uh, two of you know, well, one of them had success. Two of them lost. One of them pretty badly. One of them should have won the Super Bowl and then Falcons. allowed, yeah. But oh my they God. falconed it up. But, um, <laughs> well, so, I, like, sorry to cut you off. But, no, you're fine. You know, you know, we're we're talking about the Packers and the Vikings, and they're going to be kicking each other's asses just trying to get to, you know, to win the division. Between but, the two of them, yeah. So my first thought was that both playoff or both um, wild cards are going to come out of the NFC South, but you know, maybe the Vikings kick one of them out. Well, I mean, you're going to have. I mean, how many wild cards do you get? You get two. You get four division winners and two wild cards. Two wild cards. It'll be it'll be interesting because you like they're going to be this division is going to be beating itself up. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be fighting each other. Oh yeah. The obvious two wins will be against the Buccaneers, <laughs> and then the you know then they got to play each other, and then the rest of their schedule. So I think my prediction. I think the Panthers are. Um, 
I feel like the Panthers are good defensively. I feel like they have all the weapons that Cam Newton needs, and I feel like that there shouldn't be a whole lot of excuses for Cam Newton. But I don't. I feel like there's just something wrong there. I just feel like Cam gets in his own way, and I feel like yeah. for, I feel like there's going to be something in there that just keeps them from being the team they should be. And I don't think the Panthers are going to have a great year. The team that the Panthers were when they went to the Super Bowl, and yeah, that was one of the most fun Super Bowls I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I love defense. Out of this division, I am going to pick the Falcons. And the reason I'm going to pick the Falcons, I mean, the Saints look great, too. I, I, I think it's a coin toss. The Saints, I mean, the Saints honestly only lost to the Vikings because of the miracle in Minneapolis play, which we saw. That was great. And, Still makes me cry every time I see it. Right. Uh, when it's played to the Titanic theme or the, you know, Celine Dion. <laughs> is so, oh, it's, that was awesome. It's hilarious. But, um but the Falcons, people forget the Falcons were a play away from defeating the eventual Super Bowl champions, the Eagles, in the very playoffs. Uh, they throw, right. they yeah. throw fourth down. Of course, I don't know why they didn't throw to him the previous downs, but they wait till fourth down to throw this this kind of edgy pass to Julio Jones, who actually dropped it. That was the confusing thing. It was in He's his a hands. Receiver than that. It was in his hands, and he drops it. It's one of those things. If he catches it. The Falcons actually win the game and move on, and we don't hear anything about the Eagles. That's how close that game was. That's how good the yeah, Falcons are. The Falcons, the Falcons, to me, are the best team in this division and could do – it's funny. It's like they could go as far as they want to go, but you also get that feeling like they're going to screw it up at the last second because that seems to be their play. They're choke artists. <laughs> Right? They did it in the Super Bowl. They did it last year in the game that I'm talking about. They did it his MVP so, year. Or wait, that was the year that they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it just seems to me like they're really, really talented. They're really, really good. And they're just going to find a way to screw it up when it counts. Because <laughs> yes. Dan Quinn's a hell of a coach for them. Remember, he was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks when oh, they yeah. were winning all the – I mean, when they had the – Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom. And so, uh, of course, Atlanta's defense has gotten a lot better. They've got great, great players. And then, of course, the weapons on offense and a quarterback, Matt Ryan. We're talking future Hall of Famer. You know, the, the NFC, I will, I will give it up to Trump. The NFC has a lot of great teams versus the AFC. This is kind of like the NBA's Western Conference versus Eastern Conference. The NFC is stacked. There's several of these teams we're talking about that could and should be Super Bowl winners, but somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. And there's going to be there's going to be teams that are really good that aren't going to even go to the playoffs. Yeah, it, whereas the AFC it's kind of like, well, we got these two teams that play sucky divisions and then we've got these other, you know, special olympic teams. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I feel like we got that going on. So, anyway, long story short, I choose the Falcons in the South. Barely. <laughs> Whatever that is worth, they will be the division winner. And I think for stuff, especially because I noticed that uh, you're writing down what who we choose to win the division. Yeah, I think it's important to also write down who we think is like second place. Second because, place because those could potentially be. I guarantee you, at least one of the one of these other teams are going to be a wild card. Oh yeah, I think the Saints will be second. That's that's my thought. I think the Saints will be second place. Drew Brees has got a great running game around him. 
their defense has actually improved. I mean, they're they're looking decent. They're not dominant, but they're good enough. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but their offense is so good. I mean, Breeze, you just have to keep – you know he's towards the end of his career. I just like watching Drew Breeze play, and I – I love I love his game. I love the little guy making it in the NFL and just showing that just how great he is. Because he's only six foot, right? If that. If that. If that. He I, might be five eleven, five ten. I mean I wanna say he's six foot. In cleats. So cleats <laughs> soaking yeah. wet. <laughs> soaking wet. But Drew Brees. I, I, I like the player that is Drew Brees, and I really I root for the guy, and uh, I, I, I like him a lot. So it, it is fun to watch him play and uh, just appreciate his game as he's ending and nearing the end of his career. All right, so with that, we move on to the last division of the NFC, which is the West. And, of course, the four teams in. Yeah, Drew is six. The four teams in. The NFC West are the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers. So, the San Francisco Goober Smoochers. The San Francisco Porn Stars. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, like you go out with one porn star, and now that's our team name. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, Garoppolo, that's how it works. All right, so what do you guys think about this division? What do you think about these teams? Uh, I just think this is going to be very similar to the NFC South, where it's going to be you're going to have three really good teams that are going to bruise each other up throughout the season, and you've got one that just unfortunately is going to slack off. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I again, I, I am picking this. I, I think the Rams are going to win the division. I think the 49ers are going to challenge them. Okay. Um, Seahawks in third, and then the Cardinals are just they, – they're going to struggle. Okay. No, no quarterback play. I mean, you've got Bradford. If he can stay healthy, I, I do like him, but I just don't think he can stay healthy. Yeah, it Bradford looks like – out in uh, Arizona. Arizona. And, right. and it looks like he is the projected starter. That Remember, they um, – the Arizona, they drafted Josh Rosen out of UCLA. Good pick. Uh, a lot of the scouts said he was probably the most NFL-ready quarterback of all the draft class. From the, it was Josh Rosen. I heard that too. But with a healthy Sam Bradford, it looks like the the Cardinals are going to start with Bradford. A healthy Sam Bradford. What's that? And well, and that's the He's that's one of the big questions. That's one of the big question marks for them. Is like how long is that going to last? And. That goes along with aligns with the fact that, I mean, right now the Arizona Cardinals are a little bit shoddy on the offensive line. Not a spot where you want to be kind of mediocre at right now, uh, when you have a guy that's notoriously injured all the time. I, in my opinion, I think that's the number one key to uh, winning football games: have the best offensive line. Oh, absolutely! You got to win it in the trenches first before the guys can even make the plays. If you yeah. have if you have the greatest quarterback of all time, but the shittiest offensive line, it doesn't do you any good. No, he can't throw good passes on your back. That's uh, I've seen people. That's try to just do some it. Captain Obvious wisdom there. <laughs> yeah, you look like a dog that just got ran over by a car. <laughs> the Cardinals, the Cardinals will still be talented defensively. Um, 
They did lose Tyron Matthew, but they've still got Patrick Patterson. They've still got a decent secondary. They were one of the better defenses. Uh, they got, uh, you know, they got a decent pass rush. Uh, they've got David Johnson coming back from injury. Remember, he is the hybrid running back for them. A lot of very, very popular fantasy football pickup. Uh, ran the ball and caught the ball for a lot of yards. Uh, but he You had him one year, I believe. Uh, the year he went off, which was two years ago. But last year he got injured early. And so they, it was running back by committee. And so... He's coming back healthy, so that at least gives him that. They still have uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who's going strong still, even his in his later ages. He's still a very good receiver. Extremely talented. The problem is Lots of who else are they going to throw to, and that's going to be a really big problem for the Cardinals. Uh, you feel like you've got David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, and that's about it well, weapon-wise. The opposing defense. Right. I think they'll talk to them a lot. <laughs> so, so it's going to be difficult for the Cardinals. And then the Seahawks. The Seahawks, I can't figure out. Now, there's a lot of turmoil with the Seahawks. They've lost a lot of defensive players from that Legion of Boom. So now they're kind of the Legion of Meow. <laughs> um, you know, they haven't had a good offensive line in a while. We've seen Russell Wilson the last couple of years scrambling for his life. They, of course, don't have Marshawn Lynch. And so it's kind of running back by committee there as well. And they're not very good at running back. So you have to wonder offensively how good Seattle's going to be. Defensively, it seems like there's a drop-off there. Did I hear you say Marshawn Lynch is back in Seattle? No. He's no oh, longer in oh, Seattle. Oh, you're saying they don't have him. No, he he's, he's, with, in the, Oakland, he's right? with the Raiders, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a team that's got a really good, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You've got decent receivers, and you have a defense that was once dominant, but now mediocre and a bad O line. That just seems like a recipe for disaster to me. Maybe even more so than Arizona's formula. I I think potentially the Seahawks could really drop off and maybe be the worst team in this division this year. Wow. It, it could be that bad. Uh, because at least the Cardinals, if Bradford does get hurt, at least Rosen can come in and maybe do something with fresh legs. And, and they say he's NFL ready. I mean, we'll see. Eager to show himself. But if Russell Wilson gets hurt, there's no, there's no viable backup. There's no run game, and he's running for his life. I, I just don't see how there's – I don't see success in that formula <laughs> – at all and before they could rely on their defense to kind of keep them in the games to make that work but now you don't even have that going for you i i just feel like they could end up being the worst team in that division this year and then you got the upstart 49ers although i i feel the same way about the 49ers as far as the weapons I mean, they really don't garoppolo doesn't have a ton of great guys to throw to they're just young and a lot of no-name guys but uh i mean they you know they've they, they picked up Jared McKinnon from the Vikings, so you got a guy that, that's fast. He's kind of an open-field guy. Um, and Garoppolo seems to have a great head on his shoulders and can make great decisions and good throws. So uh, on the football field, now decisions in the porn star category or the female category, uh, that, that's come into question some. Uh, he even Actually, said this is this not week, much I know about. He, we talked about it last week. Remember, he got with the porn star, Kiara Mia. We also talked about it like an hour or so ago about how bad my memory is. Oh, that's a good point. 
He was caught on a date in L.A. with Kiara Mia, who's a porn star. And oh, that's right. And then, it was on yeah. TMZ, and okay. he's caught a little bit of grief for that. And then he came out this week, and he says, well, I guess... Uh, I, I guess I got to be a little bit more mindful of my, uh, you know, basically what I'm doing in my outside life. <laughs> he wasn't used to being, you know, cameras, cameras always being everywhere. on him. Right. So anyway, well, I got to say I'm, I have to disagree with you, BS, because I think this is the weakest division in the NFC, and I think whoever wins this division. It's going to be because they probably beat the shit out of the rest of them. So I, no, who you got no, no, winning no, no. this division? I didn't say it was a st- particularly strong division. I said the teams are going to beat each other up. Oh, well, well, you said that there was like three teams in there. Maybe I misheard heard you, but I think it, to me it's kind of a joke of a division. They're like the, I don't know, they're almost like the AFC West of the NFC West. I don't know, it's just kind of <laughs> bleh, like nothing special. I would compare more if it were me. Uh, I would compare more to the NFC or the AFC East. I think you've got one team in this division that is going to be super dominant, and the other three teams are just going to be like in the rearview mirror. Easy wins. Yeah, I, I really feel that way. Um, who you have winning the division? I've got the Rams. You have the Rams. We are in agreement. I think the Rams. Have got Jared Goff at quarterback, who's only improving. You've got they just paid Todd Gurley the biggest running back contract in history, and in the history of the NFL or their organization. NFL. Todd Gurley just got a big max contract, and so he, uh, so he's he's golden. They brought in Indomitian Sue. They brought in Hakeem uh, uh, Talib from the Broncos. And they also brought in another, oh, uh, the guy from Kansas City on defense onto an already very, very good defense in L.A. The Rams defensively are going to be dominant. And they have weapons on offense. The Rams easily win this division and are going to – they're going to have something to say in the playoffs. I was going to ask just real quick, who do you guys got as your bye week or bye round – well, yeah, bye week playoff guys in the NFC? Who gets number one and number two? And who goes number two? Never mind. <laughs> Depends on their fiber yeah. uh, and their diet. Fiber one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Falcons are going to uh, be the number one seed in the NFC. Okay. I think they're going to. Woo wee! I think they're going to take the number one seed. All right, Mr. Uh, Ryan, he's putting it on you. Yep. So So for NFC Championship, you've got Falcons. I didn't say that. Okay. I said I think they're going to take the number one seed. I think Pack, the Green Bay Packers, are going to take the uh, number two seed. Okay. Obviously, we've got the Eagles and the Rams as the uh, other two. Uh, playoff teams, yeah. uh, the, the conference champions or divisional champions. Um, I am going to go with the. I think it's 49ers and the Vikings are going to take the other two spots, take the two wild cards. Oh, I thought. Um, yeah, I got the Eagles number one, Packers number two. So those are the two bye week teams for you, Eagles yeah. and and the Packers. Eagles and Packers. I would pick uh, for bye week. With, uh, for regular season wins, I would have to pick the Rams just because I think you've got six wins in your own division. 
And I'm sure the rest of their schedule will be a challenge. But I'm going to have the Rams uh, having a bye week, and I'm going to choose the Eagles having a bye week. The Rams, that's a good pick. So I, I almost For the Rams, it's one. all going to depend on chemistry. You've got the, the biggest thing with them, quite, I mean, on paper, they are fantastic. Yes. Now, in the locker room, what happens – the locker room that they're borrowing. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? I mean, you, yes, you, you've you've put together this great team, these great prospects. I mean, they're not prospects; they are absolutely great players. But you know, you you're really kind of challenging yourself with players like Indomitian Sue and Marcus Peters. Yes. It, you know, again, it's all going to be chemistry for them. I'm going to have to root for them. They sound like a fun team. They seem like my kind of team. They should be. They should be absolutely just a blast to watch. Even though they snagged my Marcus Peters. Yeah. So who who do we got in the NFC Championship game? I'm going to say Eagles and Rams. You've got Eagles and the Rams. Okay. Golly, this is – I'm going to go – It's not an easy – it's not an easy conference to pick. Well, okay. we didn't really talk too much about it because we just like, yeah, it's going to be, what, we say Patriots and Steelers for AFC? For the most part, I said Steelers and Jacksonville. Steelers and Jags, yeah. I think the Patriots are going down this year. <laughs> okay, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, right. I think we all would. And I will go Eagles and Falcons. You're going Eagles-Falcons? The Birds versus the Birds. <sighs> Man. That would be fun. All right. And then I, I... I tend to agree with the Rams and the dysfunction. I think they'll win a lot of games, and then they'll lose in the playoffs just like they did last year. It seemed like they were kind of fool's gold. Uh, when they faced a really tough team in tough playoff time, they went down. And I'm going to repick an Eagles-Vikings NFC Championship game. That's going to be That'll be fun too. My pick. So we all have the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> get the, get some Vikings uh, like uh, redemption going on there. That's right. That's what I'm hoping to see. But uh, there's a lot of good teams. This could be a totally different NFC Championship game. Well, and you never know, especially when it comes to sports. You may have some referee make a really stupid call, like ask Des Bryant. That never happens. But, uh, you know, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that, you know, just one little call can change the entire way that the game ends. A lot of these games are, are one play changes everything. Just like the Julio Jones miscatch, the decision not to run Marshawn Lynch in the end zone and it's intercepted. He would have fumbled. There's so many. You could go back in history and find so many little plays like that that would that changes the course of a game. I mean, that's really how close these things come to. The Vikings. And that's what's missing, fun to watch about the NFL. The Vikings missing a 37-yard field goal from a guy who didn't miss a who field goal miss all a, year. Who doesn't miss Anderson? Yeah. No, he didn't miss a field goal all year. He was yeah. like 30 for 30 or something like that's that. That's right. Well, that is our NFC breakdown. Those are our picks. They're set in stone. We could look amazingly genius at the end of the season or look like complete idiots uh, when it's all said and done. But uh, this has been, I feel like, a great show. Thanks to Blair Smith for the BS Report. Thanks to President Trump for calling in. Um, I'm guessing this is going to be a thing every now and then. He's going to call or... Uh, he just randomly called, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's got your number. I'm so. going to tweet about it. 
You'll I probably. Doubt I doubt it. Yes. I doubt I'll tweet it. We're not on that level yet. Just, but, uh, I'm scared if he comes by. That that'll yeah. Yeah, fantastic show. Thank you, Drunk Tim. Uh, we are looking forward to talking to you next week, and talking some more football and the world of sports. Y'all have a great one. Thank you. Have you ever felt like shutting the fuck up? Well, I'm out, man.